0: Welcome to the Nutrigenomic Nation podcast with Brian Highfield, certified nutritionist, author, speaker, and founder of multiple successful companies in the health world. Brian is known for educating healthcare professionals and others on improving their health and their life through breakthroughs in nutrition, technology, and biochemistry. On the podcast, Brian interviews thought leaders in the world of nutrition and natural health. He and his guests share the secrets of a whole-life, natural approach to health and the life-altering results you can get by making easy changes to your diet and daily routine.
1: All right, welcome to Nutri Nation, where we talk about nutritional-based healthcare technology and emerging trends related to your genetic health. And today, we have another great guest. We have Dr. Lauren Tessier. Dr. Lauren, she's a naturopathic physician and her practice, Life After Mold, uses a patient-centered approach to help recover those, uh, help those recover suffering from mold related illness. She specializes in the treatment of chronic inflammatory response syndrome as a result of exposure to mold. So welcome, Doctor Tessier, and thank you for joining Neutrodomic Nation.
0: Hi, thank you for having me. Hi, everybody.
1: Awesome. Well, uh, one thing our listeners always want to know is a little bit about your background. I mean, why did you choose integrative medicine? Why did you choose naturopathic to be a naturopathic physician?
0: Yeah. um, So I got my undergrad at a uh, pharmacy school in Boston, and it was in uh, pre-med and health psychology. And in going through um, that program, It's really great, really rigorous science, and I was excited by it, but um, kind of having the juxtaposition of already being in a pharmacy school, I strongly considered what it would be different to go to more of a non-allopathic school. So I looked into DO, I looked into naturopathic uh, medicine, and the naturopathic medicine seemed to just call me more. So it's more or less how I ended over uh, at Bastyr University uh, in Seattle.
1: Awesome. So, why why mold? Why do you choose to specialize in in, in the mold related illnesses?
0: <laughs> I, I laugh because it's like I didn't choose mold. Mold, mold chose me, and I feel like that's um, uh, more or less what every like holistic physician who's doing mold work would say. You know, we had um, a um, Uh, a horrible hurricane here in Vermont in 2011, Hurricane Irene, which just caused a lot of flooding. So when I was, you know, cutting my teeth and hanging my shingle right off the bat, I was seeing people who weren't getting better with the whole traditional naturopathic approaches of, you know, maybe it's macrocytic anemia, give them B12 and folate for their fatigue. Um, And so uh, just kind of kept banging my head against the wall in a couple of different cases. And mold just kind of popped up on my radar and so that was really clinically where um, things really started going um, and then I've just had my own motivations to continue I have a family family health history of some uh, severe uh, mold exposure reactions and then I've also had my own so um, you know it's it's interesting to kind of open up to the universe as it sends you signs. And a lot of my signs were moldy. So <laughs> that's how I ended up where I am.
1: So I mean, there's lots of lots of different types of mold. I mean, mold, it's kind of everywhere. I mean, we don't always see it, but it's on a lot of surfaces out there. I mean, um, what mold is bad for us? What we need to avoid? And, um, and what are the signs that, that people or symptoms they may have if they've had an exposure to some bad spores?
0: Sure, sure. How much time do we have? <laughs> so, um, there there are a lot of different molds out there. There's you know thousands of different forms of mold, and even within specific species of molds, um, there are certain species that um, have specific strains. So for their subdivisions, that might be more inclined to. Um, make more mycotoxins or make less mycotoxins. So um, it's really dependent on like species and strains specific. Um, So that's a a really big question of what molds are dangerous. In general, in the built-in door environment, we're kind of raising a weary eye to Stachyboitrus, Chaetomium, Cladosporium. Um, my, My brain is slowing down here. Uh well, is another big one. And so um, a lot of these are found in highly damp buildings and it's not just the um, kind of exposure to them, but the exposure of what they make. So molds make these little things called mycotoxins. They're really small, they're lipophilic, meaning they're, they're fat loving, of course. And as a result, they like hiding in high fat tissues. And so that's the brain and nervous system the liver and the kidney. So it's not just like the sub Q fat that's all over our bodies. So um, as a result, these little things are super duper toxic to the system, and they're really hard to detoxify. Um, And they can really cause a lot of issues around uh, endocrine disruption, um, neurological disruption, immune system disruption. Um, If any practitioners are out there um, listening to this, it's kind of like The people who come into you and they're just not responding to anything, like consider doing a mold screening or even people who themselves are not getting better, consider figuring out if there's a mold problem in your home, in your car or at at work.
1: So, and you're a naturopathic physician and so um, I'm guessing that there is uh, some natural solutions to dealing with this toxicity in the body. I mean, what are some of those treatments that you would use uh, in some of those cases.
0: Yeah. So I think um, a lot of that discussion is really dependent on what type of mold illness that you're working with. Um, so anyone who's kind of in my, my age bracket will remember the, the Venn diagrams of years past of our overlapping circles. So um, what I have people picture is kind of two sets of overlapping circles. So two up here and two up here. So there's like four petals and each petal um, represent a type of mold illness. So we have like, um, you know, the typical fungal allergy, we have the uh, rare uh, mold infection, and then we have mycotoxicosis, which is the toxic impact of those mycotoxins from mold. And then we have SIRS. So kind of depending on um, what, what petal you're working with, your, your symptoms might look a little bit different, um, but your treatments will look different. So, um, you know, when I was first introduced in this field, I was uh, Shoemaker certified. And a lot of those treatments were based off of um, drugs that I just really uh, wasn't a big fan of using for people. Um, You know, presser drugs, um, Actos, which has a black box warning. So what I've done over the past two years is really dive into the research and pull lists of kind of nutraceuticals and natural things that can help address the kind of SIRS inflammation picture. And then of course, when we're dealing with mycotoxins, we're really going to be working that like detox element. So, um, you know, when we're thinking detox, we're thinking of, you know, repairing the gut first and then supporting phase one and phase two, right? Um, And then kind of working back up into the system, whereas with SIRS, we do all that mycotoxin stuff first as kind of a low hanging fruit first pass thing. And then if people don't get better, then we do a work for SERS, then we consider SIRS. Um, and in that realm, we have things like curcumin, resveratrol, um, uh, ECGC from green tea. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. So um, there's so many different natural treatment options um, available when you're working the mold around. And if anything, I feel like, um, it's, it's my toolbox. Yeah. You know, there's very few pharmaceuticals that I end up using in these settings.
1: So one of one of the pedals that you mentioned was, was SIR. So, so chronic, uh, inflammatory response syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, why did you, you know, is that very, is that more common than some of the others or why did, why did you choose to specialize in, in that one?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it was, it was, one of the first types of mold protocols that was out there, um, and it was the work of Richie Shoemaker based off of his work in the the 1990s. So it was something that, you know, I had done informal training with going to conferences and reading a lot from Brewer and Campbell and all these other uh, mold names, but it was uh, Dr. Shoemaker who really had a uh, training platform that was like, well, I'm fresh out of school, I wanna be trained, I'm gonna go do this training thing. So um, that's why I really navigated towards SIRS first. It was only kind of after the fact that I was like, wait, there's more to, to mold than just SIRS. Um, you know, according to some of the statistics um, that Richie Shoemaker uh, puts forth, potentially up to 25% of the population could be suffering from SIRS. But when you start to think that 85% of commercial buildings have a history of water damage or currently water damage and up to uh, 50% of residential buildings in the US, again, history or current water damage, there's, there's got to be other impacts than just that 25% of people who might have served. So that's really where like the world of mycotoxins uh, opened up. So, you know, the reason why I treat mycotoxins first for people is because it seems to be more common. And if I can do some really simple treatment steps with getting people out of avoidance and optimizing their detox, like we're going to go that way before I spend hundreds, maybe even thousands of dollars on testing um, that could have just come out in the wash if we just adjust the mycotoxins first. So CERS um, is kind of the worst case scenario, and I wait to address it a little bit later on. Um, and kind of my, my little treatment algorithm I have.
1: Awesome. Something I I saw from your website was something called mast cell activation syndrome. What, Mm -hmm. what is, can you uh, let our listeners know what, what is that? And and what are the symptoms of that?
0: Yeah. So mast cell activation syndrome, if anyone wants to fall deep into this realm, um, check out the work of Dr. Lawrence Afrin or, uh, Dr. Theo Haridis. um, I, I always butcher the, the pronunciation of his name, um, but they are like the mast cell gurus. Really, anyone who knows anything about mast cells has uh, come come to learn a good amount from them. And so mast cells are an absolute natural part of the immune system. They are responsible for secreting these uh, chemical signals to let the body know that it's um, encountering something in the immune system. And so what happens with Mast cell activation syndrome, it's a subset of um, a certain type of mast cell-like disease grouping. And so this particular subset, they have normal counts of mast cells, but what the problem is is that they're hyper-alert, they're hyper-aware. they kind of been... triggered and sensitized to really go off at a lot of things. So what ends up happening is the normal counts of these cells um, really just act like an army of these cells. So they are releasing really excessively, a lot of these mediators um, and a lot of histamine and that kind of stuff. And so because histamine is an inflammatory marker, you know, it causes the red, the heat, the swelling, the puffiness, when that is secreted and full it's not just the dry red eyes or itchy skin um it's absolutely um hundreds of symptoms because histamine receptors are located in tons of tissues in the body so you know you won't just get the itchiness or the stuffy nose or things you know you can get um a lot of issues with uh, your circulation system. You can get a lot of neurocognitive issues, joint pain, stuff that you wouldn't really expect from a histamine reaction for most people. So um, mast cell activation syndrome is definitely this kind of um, problematic uh, issue that really complicates that complex chronic illness that mold seems to trigger
1: awesome so let's let's switch gears a little bit. We talked about mold quite a bit. I know that's your your specialty but um uh is a lot of your patient base i mean that, are they just looking to get better and and what what are they coming in besides the uh you know some of the symptoms we described that may be mold exposure um what are just some of the general symptoms they're feeling and and what are you what are you treating them with mm-hmm. um
0: so you know, my, my practice is Life After Mold. So the, the title definitely self-selects people who are like, gee, I might have a mold issue. So there's, in most cases, mold in every single case, whether it's a history or current exposure or something they're working through. Um, but because mold really suppresses the immune system, what we see is that these chronic um, infections tend to get a foothold. Um, in people so there's a lot of complicating things people don't exist in a vacuum so what I find is that you know mold was really the thing that suppressed their immune system and then their Epstein-Barr like went crazy or their Lyme went crazy or their Bartonella went crazy and so uh, what I do with people is you know we're working the mold around first and then you know as things pop up um, we'll kind of address each one of the uh, the, the infection pieces as they come. Um, so it's, um, it's an interesting thing that I've seen in my practice where when you get people out of exposure, their immune system starts to kick back on and it gets really excited and it's ready to go after everything in the body. So um, sometimes we find a little bit of a flare for people after we get them out of exposure.
1: So are they coming to you kind of as a last resort? Do they go to the normal doctor first and mm-hmm. they're just not getting better and then they, they come to you? Is, is that what's happening?
0: That's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, they, they are mostly um, self-referred after being to like 10, 20 doctors, you know, going through $10,000 of IV Lyme treatment and not getting better. Um, so it, it tends to be I'm, I'm typically one of the last stops
1: on the road for people and that must make you feel good if if you're the one that that actually uh, helps them out and and actually finally figure out what is causing uh, the, their symptoms and and why they feel so bad. so that must make you feel well that you're you're the one that they that I mean, they uh, find results with
0: it's an honor to do that, but it ticks me off that they didn't get help before me yeah. you know I yeah. mean if I'm being really honest about that and that's one of the reasons why I got involved with the nonprofit that I'm a part of ICI, the international society for environmentally acquired illness. Um, we, we educate physicians, practitioners of all walks, all degrees, all certifications um, about how to treat this stuff. So, you know, that's kind of one of my, my pay it forwards that I feel like it's trying to help resolve that issue because it it does suck. Like, there has been time, there have been times where I have like shed a tear with a patient just because of what they've been through or being called crazy or being put on an antidepressant. And it's like, well, no, their brain's inflamed and they're in a moldy space. So, um, you know, while I, I like the idea of being like, yeah, I'm helping them. I'm also like really bummed out about our current state of affairs and our medical paradigm. Um, so it's all now.
1: Yeah, and that's uh, that's that's a a big topic uh, that we talk a lot about on this show. Are um, really people being more reactive uh, rather than proactive with their health and looking for nutrition, looking for better wellness in case they come in contact with something like mold spores or bacteria or a virus or things like that? You talked Mm -hmm. about immune system, and so. Um, Are you seeing a shift in that mindset at all people or are we still mostly stuck in that reactive mode?
0: Um, I think we're starting to see a shift with it. Um, I think that because more physicians are starting to step out of the insurance-based model, we have more flexibility and ability to treat patients and um, work with them the way they really need to, especially for these complex chronic illness folks. So um, you know, while sometimes it bums people out that we don't really take insurance, it's because I, you want to believe um, just how limited we are and what we're allowed to do uh, for insurance coverage. So, um, you know, I'm thinking that the, the bigger paradigm shift is really coming with that. And, you know, with health coaches and um, functional medicine and MDs getting burnt out too, I really think that we're having a shift um, towards that proactive rather than reactive world. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I think you're right. And, and I hope we are. So one last question for you, um, is how can our audience get to know more about you, your practice? How they, how can they connect with you?
0: Sure. Absolutely. Um, so I, my practice is life after mold I'm based up in uh, Waterbury, Vermont, not too far from Boston, Montreal, uh, pretty all of greater New England. Um, I have a website and I also am on social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, all of the handles, Life After Mold. Um, And if you are interested, you can also swing by the website and grab a free copy of Mold Prevention 101, which is a a short little e-booklet that gives you a rundown on how to go through your house and keep it safe or what to look out for um, just to try to prevent mold growth from happening in your home
1: awesome that sounds like uh valuable information for everybody like we said before mold is everywhere so that's that's great so thank you again dr tessier she's been our guest here on nutrigenomic nation she's a naturopathic physician at life after mold so from all of us at nutrigenomic nation i hope you all enjoyed the discussion today and we hope you join us next time when we discuss other topics related to your good health thank you so much